Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Homesteading with kids. It isn't for the faint of heart, but as I've talked about before, it is 100% absolutely worth it. In fact, I think it's one of the most worthwhile harvests to come out of our whole homesteading adventure. In today's episode, I wanted to talk through some of the top lessons I see my kids learning from our homestead life. And hopefully this will inspire those of you who are on this parenting slash homestead journey as well. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, this is the place for you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond's Real Salt, which is the number one salt I use in all of my homestead cooking. I've learned over the years that not all salt is created equal and having the good stuff really does make a difference in your culinary adventures. Redmond's is the only salt mined in the good old US of A and I love that they use sustainable practices and that it contains 60 plus trace minerals that not only make it incredibly good for you, but it tastes better too. Since I can't grow salt myself, obviously, I like to buy it in bulk since it saves me some cash and it doesn't go bad, so it's an easy thing to stock up on. Right now for the month of June, Redmond's is offering 15% off your purchase just for my podcast listeners. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash salt and use the code homestead to snag your discount. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. So I remember back on my second date with Christian many, many years ago, we were sitting at Applebee's restaurant eating hamburgers And I remember like where we were sitting as Christian told me his dreams to someday own land and cattle. Now on their own, that doesn't seem that earth shattering, but they were pretty bold statements from a guy who had lived in town his entire life and had basically no agricultural background. And I liked where he was going with the whole thing because I was pretty much in the same shoes. I had only lived in town growing up. I wanted to have animals in a farm and land, but it was definitely not something I was raised in. So we were quite the pair, (laughs) two city kids who had no idea what they were doing, but knew what they wanted. And you kind of hear the whole trajectory of our story back in episode number one. But all that to say, he got some brownie points with me that night when he told me about his aspirations. So as we dated some more, our relationship grew. We continued to talk in length about our crazy agricultural dreams. And a big piece of that for us was that we knew we wanted to raise our future children in a rural setting. We wanted to give them that country childhood that we both had wanted so badly, but we never had. And honestly, at that point, living in town was not even an option. Like we didn't even discuss it because we knew that no matter what, what, even if we had to sell a kidney, we were going to be living in the country with our kids. Like it was the only option. So you guys know the rest of the story, right? Fast forward 11, 12 years. Here we are out in the middle of Wyoming, 67 acres, more farm animals than I can count and three very wild dirt covered prairie children. So 
I guess we made it, huh? <laughs> as much as you could ever make it anywhere. But it's everything I thought it would be, basically. Not to say it isn't hard and there aren't frustrating days, but watching our kids live this homestead lifestyle is truly everything I ever wanted. And as we learn how to parent and learn how to homestead and learn how they go together and make mistakes, I am continually struck by the lessons that our kids are learning right here in front of us every single day. And it makes me so, so happy. Um, And so in some previous episodes, I have talked about homesteading with children. Episode 71 is kind of some of our actual strategies, I guess, of how we make it work. Or sometimes it doesn't work, but we do our best. Episode 71 will be that topic if you need some more practical tips. Episode 64 is where we talk about how we really try to inspire creativity in our children and why that's important to us. But in today's episode, I wanted to talk about some of the top lessons a kid will learn from the homestead. These are the things I'm seeing being impressed on our children right now. And I feel like this is some of the most valuable life school that they can have. So here we go. Maybe this will inspire you, whether you are dreaming towards a homestead or you have property now, or even just a big backyard, because I believe that you can orchestrate these lessons really anywhere. You don't have to live on 67 acres in Wyoming to make this happen. So I think as long as you have the vision, no matter where you live, you can make this work. So lesson number one, working hard is a gift. This is really important to me because so many adults treat work like a four-letter word. And I just don't agree with that. I mean, sure, there's work that we do that I don't love every second of it. But working towards something you love is beautiful. It is part of our purpose, right? I believe that we all have a purpose. Some are, we're all different. They're all different purposes, but we all have something inside of us that we're meant to pursue and chase and um, learn about and share with the world. And the process of creating and building that is absolutely intoxicating. It's not easy because we have to overcome roadblocks and problems and obstacles, but the work, that work is the thing. It's the most important thing. So I want my kids to understand that and appreciate that. And I want them to know that work can be hard and dirty and sweaty, but that moment where you step back to admire the fruits of your labor is one of the best natural highs that I know. And so we do everything we can to make sure the prairie kids, my children, that's what I call them. um, I also call them the feral children. (laughs) But we want to make sure they get to experience what that feels like. And I feel like the homestead really does a great job of providing those those opportunities, although you can provide them anywhere. And one of the things that we do as as parents is when we're doing projects together, um, you know, we do lots of them, but one that comes to mind is stacking firewood, right? that can be a monotonous job and it's physical and it's heavy. And so we usually have the kids out there with us helping. And if we get, you know, partway through and they're like, I'm tired of this. I want to go inside. Um, We push them to keep going. We're like, nope, we're going to finish this many rows or this much of the stack. But when we get done, we will stop and we will look at our pile of the, whatever we split or stacked or whatever, and we'll admire it. And we say, look what we did. Doesn't that feel good? Um, look what you, look what you did because you stuck with it. 
I know you were sore and your arms were hurting, but look at, we, we made it happen. We completed the job. And now we get to go in the warm house and we get to have soup or brownies or a movie night. And we talk about how good it feels to do the fun things once the hard thing is done. And I just try to continually have that conversation. And I see my kids starting to slowly pick up on it and it makes me so happy. So working hard is a gift. Lesson number two, we've talked about this in, um, I think it was episode 71. You don't need to be entertained, child. <laughs> uh, I'm really a stickler on this, partially because I want my kids to learn how to be creative and entertain themselves, partially because I just don't have the time or honestly the desire to sit on the floor 24 hours a day and find things for them to do. I'm just not willing to do that, um, period, end. And it's so funny, I, a lot of times in the town, the larger town to the south of us, there'll be letters to the editor, or I'll hear people complain on social media about, there is nothing to do in this town. There's nothing for our kids to do in this town. And I, I mean, I know what they're saying. They're saying we need more swimming pools and more skateboard parks or whatever, but I'm kind of like, I don't get it because whether you're a kid or an adult, you need to ask yourself, what can you create? What can you dream up? What can you build or what can you improve? And I just don't believe that adults or children need to have some form of external entertainment all the time. Um, and I believe, and I know in my own life that boredom is the seed for creativity. I was, I posted a blog post, uh, last week on how to start a blog and you can go check it out on the prairiehomestead.com if you want. But I was writing that out and giving a little bit of the story of why I started the Prairie Homestead. And honestly, I started it because I was bored out of my mind. I was climbing the walls at that point in my life. I did not have enough to do. I did not have enough stimulation. I didn't have enough friends. And the boredom is what created the motivation for me to start the blog, which the rest is history. It's become my life's work. It's my biggest passion. It's connected me to people all over. It's our main source of income. That never would have happened if I had been entertained constantly. So I 100% believe that with my kids. Um, and our kids have learned quickly. <laughs> they haven't really had a choice that it's not the iPad or the TV's job to keep them busy. So the word, um, I'm bored, mom. What do I do? Like, I just, I, that's like no comprende child. I don't, I'm not answering that question. You go figure it out. And sometimes there's a little bit of whining. Absolutely. Sometimes they push back on me, but most of the time they have learned to go entertain themselves and you will get out of something what you put into it. So if you want something in life, it's your job to create that thing. And it's really exciting to see how their little brains work and how they connect the pieces and they come up with some really cool stuff. Okay. Lesson number three is that it's important to care for helpless things. Having animals and raising animals alongside our children, so much good comes from that. So much. One of the biggest is that it teaches the kids to have compassion and to have empathy and just kind of instinctively in this lifestyle, my kids 
know that it's their job to care for and guard even the smallest of creatures. Um, my four-year-old will find the worms that, you know, come up to the ground after a really hard rain and she will run around and if they're in the gravel, she'll put them in the garden so they don't die. Um, and they take care of the little tiny baby chicks and they know when to be gentle and they know when to be soft and they know like we have orphan calves right now. We have two of our beef cattle mamas that rejected their babies. So we have uh, bottle babies here on the homestead and the kids are so loving and so nurturing. And it's really amazing to see the animals teach them when it's time to be compassionate. And also on the flip side, when it's time to stand up for yourself, because sometimes a goat or a horse or a mean rooster will push on you and you have to know when to establish your boundaries and defend your ground. And animals, they're just amazing for kids. They, they teach them so much. And I know that as they grow, those skills they're learning with the animals will carry them on into knowing more about human interactions as well. So one of my favorite things is watching the kids with our animals. Okay, lesson number four is that if you're a girl, it's absolutely fine to be feminine and girly. And it's also fine to know how to build a fence, drive a stick shift, wrestle calves, and make a mean pie crust. All I can say is, Lord help my daughter's future boyfriends. <laughs> my oldest, Mesa, everyone calls her Elsa because she looks like Elsa from Frozen. She has a super long blonde braid. She will not let me cut her hair. Um, she is one of the grittiest 10-year-olds I know. That kid is is tough. <laughs> she can hold her own with a pushy steer. She's halter breaking her 4-H steer. And uh, his name is Burger. Burger doesn't get by with much with Mesa. Like she tells him exactly what he needs to be doing. Um, she, when she was little, we had a turkey who he wasn't dangerous. He just would like intimidate the kids. He was a Tom and he would just follow them around and like stand on top of them, like not on, you know, not on top, top, but he would be in their bubble. And she learned very, at a very young age, you take a stick and you don't beat the turkey with a stick, but you put up your boundaries with this turkey and he does not get to boss you around. Um, and I just love that. I love that it teaches my girls to be confident and strong. And then they can also come in the kitchen and we make cookies and pie crusts and we can do all of the girly things too, or have um, fingernails painted or wear dresses and bows in our hair, but you can do both. And I love that. Lesson number five, if you're a boy, it's absolutely okay to be loud and rough and tumble. Although I do prefer it if you do it outside. I feel like in our culture, there's a lot of pressure for little boys to be meek and mild. And this is a whole other topic. I'm not going to get into it today. Um, but I do, you know, I do expect my children to be well-mannered and not run into a store and act like a maniac. But I also know that especially little boys and little girls, but little boys need to be crazy sometimes. Um, and with this homestead life, Bridger, my son, he gets to do just that. He gets to roll down the dirt piles. He gets to dive into the stock tank. He gets to run around barefoot and be loud and hit fence posts with sticks and dig in the dirt. And it's okay, right? Um, I think that little boys primarily were made to be loud, dirt-covered balls of energy. <laughs> and so I like that having that space gives him time 
to be a boy and be loud and be crazy. And then when he comes in the house, he's usually tired. So it's a little easier to work with him on not being crazy in the house and keeping our voice uh, down. But it's a great outlet for a little boy and little girls. Like I said, my girls are crazy too. Lesson number six. This is one of my favorites. You can do hard things. The pony might be stubborn and attempt to drag you over the hay bales. You might not get the barbed wire gate shut without some grunting and some stretching and getting those darn chickens back into the pen is absolutely harder than hurting a cat, (laughs) but you don't quit. You embrace the failure and you keep trying. And I feel like resilience is one of the traits that is most important to cultivate in our children. Cause I see so many adults with fears of failure. I mean, I've been there, right? Fear of failure, fear, fear of messing up. What am I going to do if I, if I make a mistake? And I want my kids to know it's okay to fail. We're just going to get back up and keep on trying. And so not only does homesteading allow me ample opportunities to mess up so they see mommy mess up and how mommy handles it, but it also gives them their own chance to do hard things. It can be hard and you can do it and you will survive. Um, Mesa chops ice all winter long. She has an ax. She's a very responsible ax handler. I will say, don't send me emails, (laughs) but she chops the ice for the animals in the water buckets. It's hard. It's cold. It's not the funnest job, but they do it. And they honestly don't really complain because they just know it's what you do. It's not fun in the moment. You get it done and you come back inside. Um, And the problem solving that this lifestyle generates. And again, this is something you can cultivate in your backyard, right? It doesn't have to be on 80 acres. The problem solving of, you know, how do we fix this? That the animal got out. Can we feasibly get it in by ourselves or do we have to go get mom, right? And a lot of times the stuff they come up with, the tricks to hold gates open or hold gates shut or get an animal in or the finagling they do is pretty impressive. And I I think that kids oftentimes are capable of way more than we think um, when they have the opportunity to step into their zone of genius. We talked about this a lot. I'd say the failure aspect or the hard thing aspect um, on that podcast episode. I don't have the number. It was called when homesteading kicks you in the gut. And I talked about our very sad story of our baby goats dying this year. And that was an example of a mistake they got to see the adults make. And, and please don't kid yourself. It's hard making the mistakes, failing, especially when there's kids involved, isn't my favorite thing. I I mean, I laugh about it on the podcast and it sounds lighthearted, but there's a lot of times it feels horrible in the moment, but it's just a matter of being that example and letting them see you learn from the mistake and pick yourself up and try again. It's a really important trait. I think a lot of adults would do well to cultivate as well. All right. Lesson number seven, the last one on my list. Producing food is hard work. Appreciate it. The cool thing that happens when you play a part in growing and nurturing the food you eat is that you attend to, that you tend to appreciate it more. So my kids know that food does not come from the grocery store. And they know that because they're right in the middle of everything food related on our homestead, from growing the vegetables to canning the vegetables to butchering meat animals or actually butchering chickens this afternoon. And my kids will be out there with us. They understand 
what it takes to grow food and that it's not easy. They understand the sacrifice involved. Now, does this clear up every single picky food problem in existence? Not necessarily, but my kids do pretty good um, eating food, enjoying food. They have definitely more developed palates than your typical 10, 7, and 4-year-olds because they're exposed to a wider variety of food. And man, when you let them have a part in planting the seed and harvesting the tomatoes, they just when they have a part, they just get it. And kids like that. I think they thrive in that. They like knowing they're a part of the bigger picture. And they, I don't know, they accept the food more easily. There are a lot of foods that if I cook it up and put it on a plate, my kids are like, meh, whatever, not super into it. But if they go eat it out of the garden raw, which let's face it, it's better for them anyway, they're all over it. Um, the kale and the spinach and the lettuce. My kids are out in the garden all summer long snacking on that. They're eating green beans off the plant. They're eating peas out of the pod. And I let them. I mean, the rule is basically, there's maybe a few limits there, but if you want a snack, you can go out to the garden and pretty much eat whatever. Caveat, my kids are old enough to be able to identify the edible plants. They're actually really good at that. So they know not to eat weird stuff that they don't know what it is. Um, But it's really helped to broaden their culinary horizon. So even if you live in an apartment, get your kids involved in the food processes, growing something in your windowsill, cooking in the kitchen, helping you purchase food at the farmer's market. They love it. It's so good for them. And think about the foundation you're building as they become adults and become food buyers and food preparers themselves. So no, it's not without bumps and some struggles. But I can say without a doubt that homestead living has been one of the very best choices we've ever made for our family. With a little bit of awareness and a little bit of creativity on the part of the parents, that's us. I absolutely believe that a child from any walk of life can grow with these lessons as a part of their childhood, and they'll be far better off because of it. So I'd love to know. Send me a DM over on Facebook or Instagram what lessons are you imparting to your children that are maybe things they don't learn in a classroom at school? How are you cultivating those principles and character qualities in your current life, whether you're homesteading or just growing some food in your backyard? I'd love to hear your perspective. And that is it for today, my friends. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a quick review or rating on your favorite podcast player. I read every single one and those reviews just help more people find this podcast and bring homesteading into their lives. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch up on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.